right. Well, first, I want to give honor to my pastor. I appreciate um, a lot of you guys will never know what it means to stand up here in front of a pulpit. Uh, some of you will. But uh, I got to give honor to my pastor for allowing me the chance to get up here and teach, preach just for a moment. I've uh, been uh, struggling all week. I don't know how you guys have felt all week, but I've been struggling all week. And this is one of those messages that I'm going to preach today a little bit that uh, 100% is, is a message for me. Um, sometimes you get up here and you have a, a message of, uh, of Holy Ghost fire that you want to speak and, and, and get everybody pumped up. And sometimes God just really pours into your own spirit and says, here, Maybe this will help somebody else out too. And this is one of those messages that I needed for sure this week. Um, if I had one word to describe this message, uh, it would be struggle. Struggle because all week and really ever since Pastor asked me to speak today, I've felt a lot of struggle. I don't know if it's just that normal stress of life or stress of finances or if it's, you know, the stress of having uh, my, my father's um, thing that we're doing coming up, coming up at, towards the end of this month. But uh, either way, it's all been kind of weighing tough on my mind and it, it brings to mind the song Oceans. I don't know if anybody's heard that song. I'm sure we've sang it here a few times. We used to sing it in the old church that I used to come from, from for quite a bit. But one of the parts of that song, it talks about trust without borders. And sometimes trusting in God, even when things don't make sense, it's very tough. And so the title of my message today, as you can see up there, is I guess if you want me to. And I speak that today because that's how I felt all this last week. I don't really want to preach. I, I feel mentally like I'm not in the right mind to get up in the pulpit. Satan's been attacking me all week to tell me that I am not worthy to be up here. And I'm not. That's right. I mean, he's been on me, right? Satan is a liar. So the title of the message came to me, I guess, if you want me to. And you'll see as we go through this message that that's how I felt all week. God, I don't feel like I'm ready. I don't feel like I deserve to be up there. But I guess if you want me to, I will. So listen to this video. Trust God. Two single syllable words that you have heard forever, but you will discover as time passes how difficult they are to obey. Trust God. 
course, I have no way of knowing what the future holds for you. You may lose your home and everything in a fire. You may lose your spouse to an early disease, detected but not cured. You may lose your dreams, your hopes. You may lose a relationship that you have cultivated over the years. All losses are painful. We prayed just as hard for my father when his health went downhill as we did for my mother. We quoted the same scriptures. We asked God to restore his health, to let him live. But my father went to be with the Lord. It didn't happen the way I wanted. There will always be unanswered questions. Why didn't my loved one make it? Why am I not getting better? Why did this person leave? Some things are not going to make sense, but God wouldn't have allowed it if he wasn't going to bring good out of it. You may not see it at the time, but God knows what he's doing. He has your best interest at heart. It's not random. It's a part of his plan. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. All your heart, all your ways. Trust. Trust. But what about when things aren't going our way? Our prayers aren't being answered. The problem isn't turning around. We're not seeing favor. Too often, we get discouraged. Think, God, why aren't you doing something? You can see I'm being mistreated. My health isn't good. I worked hard, but I didn't get the promotion. We think when it changes, we'll be happy. When I meet the right person, when my health improves, when we have this baby, then we'll have a good attitude. That's conditional trust. God, if you meet my demands, if you answer my prayers the way I want, on my timetable, then I'll be my best. The problem with conditional trust is there will always be things we don't understand. Something that's not happening fast enough, it didn't work out the way we wanted. If I would have had conditional trust, I would have gotten upset, bitter God, why didn't you answer my prayers? The truth is, God did answer my prayer. It just wasn't the way I wanted. Are you mature enough to accept God's answers even though they're not what you were hoping for? God is a sovereign God. We're not going to understand everything that happens. Faith is trusting God when life doesn't make sense. God doesn't take us in a straight line. There'll be twists, turns, the disappointments, the loss, the bad breaks. They're all a part of His plan. But if you have conditional trust, You'll get discouraged and think, why is this happening? I'm going the wrong way, but God is still directing your steps. Trust Him when you don't understand. Trust Him even when it feels like you're going the wrong direction. Living worried, frustrated, disappointed, that takes our passion. It steals our joy, and it can keep us from seeing God's favor. And sometimes the closed doors, the disappointments, they are simply a test. God wants to see if we'll trust Him when we don't understand it, when life doesn't make sense. We have to show Him 
that we don't have to have the house to be happy. If we don't have the baby, we're not going to live bitter and sour. You're believing for your health to improve. But when you can say, if it doesn't get better, God, I'm still going to honor you. I'm still going to be my best. When God sees that you don't have to have it, many times like him, God will give you back what you were willing to give up. Are you living frustrated because your prayers aren't being answered the way you want? Your plans aren't working out? Take the pressure off. God is in control. He knows what's best for you. You're not always going to understand it. If you did, it wouldn't take any faith. I'm asking you to trust Him unconditionally. If you'll do this, I believe and declare God is going to work out His plan for your life. He's going to open the right doors, bring the right people, turn negative situations around, and take you to the fullness of your destiny. So we'll be in Luke chapter 5 if you want to go there. Luke chapter 5, we'll start in verse 1. And we'll start off with a word of prayer. Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just uh, come to you, and I come to you, Lord, that you would let your Holy Spirit work through me. Let me speak the words that you'd have me to speak. Let it touch the hearts that you'd have me to touch. That you would show us the importance of trusting you. Even when things don't make sense. That you would show us that we should still trust you. Lord, we thank you for everything that you do for us, Lord. We ask these things in your name. Amen. So Luke chapter 5, verse 1 says, as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats beside the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them. They were washing their nets. He entered one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him, thrust it out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into deep waters and let down your nets for a catch. I used to work, uh, used to work at a nuclear plant. People, most of you guys know that. But uh, the, the hours were long. I used to work 13, 14 hours uh, for a shift. And then uh, by the time you add in driving time, it was about 45 minutes each way, you know, you're talking about 16-hour days. And those 16-hour days, I would come home, the days that I worked, and I would go straight to bed. Sometimes without even uh, seeing Amber or the kids, I would just come home. They'd still be in bed. I'd go to sleep and wake up in the afternoon, and I'd get to see them before I left to do it all over again. Sometimes it would be uh, days on end when I would try and get what little sleep that I could, but some days uh, when you work night shift, you wouldn't see any sleep. You wouldn't get any sleep at all for two or three days in a row. So I would come home completely 
exhausted and wake up and do it all over again. I feel like this may have been how Simon Peter felt in the Bible story. He finished an all-nighter fishing. He was exhausted. Simon, James, and John in the story today were washing their nets. Back then, of course, washing their nets was one of the most important things. That was a very expensive piece of equipment that fishermen had to have. So they would wash their nets on the shore. They had been washing their nets and noticing a crowd gathering around Jesus. The crowd started to surround him, so much so that the crowd couldn't hear all of what Jesus was saying and couldn't see his face. So Jesus, seeing those boats on the shore, said, Simon, will you push me out in your boat? So they finish washing their nets and Simon returns to his boat and finds Jesus sitting in it, right? Jesus says, push me out into deeper waters. You see, the boat was about to become Jesus' floating platform. Because the crowd could not see him very well, so he needed to be off the shore so he could speak better. Later on, after his message was spoken, he, he, the crowd starts to disperse, and Jesus looks at even more tired Simon and says, Now go out even deeper. Let down your nets. Let's catch some fish. Can you imagine just for a second what Simon was feeling at that moment? Sure, we know we think about you know how he was exhausted and tired, how he had worked all night and not caught one single fish, but also the 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 application of that, thinking that here's this man who is not a fisherman, telling him he needed to go out into the deeper water to catch fish after he had already done everything that he was he had known to do. So what would you say if you were in your work or your job today and you thought, I'm almost done. It's Friday. And then your boss comes to you and says, hey, um, I need you to work a double. And then proceeds to say, and you know what? you kind of been doing a terrible job. You really don't know what you're doing, do you? I'm going to need you to change the way you're doing things around here. Man, wouldn't that just fire you up to work that double shift? I'm going to need you to change the way you're doing things. I'm going to need you to do it my way. I don't know about you, but I'd probably be wrestling with my life decisions right about then. I'm sure Simon was feeling the same way. But either way, he looks to Jesus and says, At your word, I will do so. In verse 5 it says, Simon answered him, Master, we have worked all night and caught nothing. But at your word, I will let down my net. Or in modern terms, the title of the message, I guess, if you want me to. You can almost hear the sarcasm in his voice, right? At your word, I will let down my net. Remember now also that Simon knows who Jesus is at this point. 
But he's not totally sold at this moment that Jesus is the Savior. We know this because just a few weeks earlier in Luke chapter 1, Jesus tells Simon to drop his nets and follow him. And that his name would be changed to Peter, which means rock. And Simon did just that. He dropped his nets and followed. But somewhere between chapter 1 and chapter 4, we see that Simon went back to his old business. Went back to what he knew. Which says a lot about Jesus more than what it says about Simon. Because Jesus continued, obviously, we see, to pursue Simon. He knew exactly where to find Simon. Because he knew that Simon didn't necessarily do what he was called to do, but went back. He knew that he would go back to what he was comfortable doing. And he was a fisherman all the way from his father. The the tutelage had been handed down, the the knowledge had been handed down over the years that he he was a fisherman. So he knew that he could go back and be comfortable there. But Jesus knew that Simon was being called into deeper waters. Have you ever resisted God's call and went back to what's comfortable? Like in the book of 1 Samuel, if you take a second and flip over there, 1 Samuel chapter 3. First Samuel chapter 3 says, Now the boy was ministering to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rate in those days, or rare in those days. There was no vision coming forth. At that time, Eli was lying down in his place, and his eyes had begun to grow weak. He could not see. And the Lamb of God had not gone out yet. Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then there was a call to Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Return and lie down again. And he went and laid down. The Lord called Samuel again. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. And he answered and said, I did not call you, my son. Return and lie down again. Now Samuel did not know yet that the Lord, or did not know yet the Lord, nor he ha- nor did he have the word of the Lord revealed it to him. The Lord again called him a third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And Eli understood that the Lord was calling to the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go and lie down, and it will be if he calls you, that you will say, Speak, Lord, for your servant listens. So Samuel went to lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood. He called as he did the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant listens. You see, Samuel heard the voice of God calling, right? He heard him. He heard us say, Who's calling me? 
Somebody's calling my name. But instead of answering to God, he went to who he was comfortable answering to. He ran back to Eli. Going to Eli was comfortable, but aren't we glad that God continued to pursue Samuel? Samuel was called three times before he realized that that it wasn't Eli calling him. It took God three times to get his message through. Actually, a fourth time. Samuel, Samuel! Before Samuel realized that it was God calling to him. Aren't you glad we serve a God that pursues those he calls? Because he knows something we don't. He knows there are deeper waters ahead for those he calls. We just have to trust him. Remember, he knows what deeper waters are ahead, and he knows what could be the greatest opportunity for you lies just ahead. Just like the story of Simon, we see Jesus asked the now super exhausted Simon to cast his nets into the deeper waters. And when he does, we see the nets are so full of fish that he has to ask the other boats to come and help him. The nets began to tear because the fish were trying to swim away over the sheer weight of the catch. But if you read in verse 8, we see what is the greatest opportunity here. It's not about the fish. The greatest opportunity was not about that fish. The greatest opportunity came when, in verse 8, Simon Peter saw it and he fell down at his knees, fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish. This is Simon rediscovering who Jesus was. He is the Savior. Because he almost chose to stay at the shallow end. Sometimes I think we let our tiredness get to us. We let the mental anguish that's going on in our mind. We let Satan, who's been sitting there telling you you're not worthy to get up and speak a word, get one over on us. But sometimes we have to trust Jesus. Every time we have to trust Jesus. We have to trust that He knows what those deeper waters hold for us. That the opportunity or what could be the best opportunity for us lies right around the corner. How many times have you felt calling you into deeper waters? Maybe you chose to go back to what's comfortable and miss what could have been your greatest opportunity. Too often we sit back and point out all the impossibilities to God or all the obstacles we see as if God doesn't already know or already know what those deeper waters mean for us. Simon Peter became the rock, but it was only through his blind trust that he became the rock he was supposed to become. It was only after he said, I guess if you want me to, he would see the lame walk again and the blind see and get to experience this time of forgiveness that Jesus gave to him on that boat and get to rediscover what Jesus was to him. 
If it wasn't for his blind leap of faith, Simon Peter would have never became a fisher of men. Are you willing to trust God? And yes, I know there's a place in all of us believers that when we know God is leading us into deeper waters, we want to sit back and say, God, why do you do it this way? Why do I have to go through these things? Why can't you just click your fingers and have it done? Just instill in me the knowledge that I need without putting me through the trials that I need to go through. If it were only that good, right? We can sit back and say those things. But that's just not how He works. That's not how He leads us. God is leading us into deeper waters that we might want to say, God, why do you have to do it this way? Just fix it. Just push me out into those deeper waters. You see, back when I worked at the plant, I thought I had made it. God had kept calling me into deeper waters, but I would always go back to what I was comfortable with. I knew I couldn't work that job forever because my body wouldn't allow it. But I felt more comfortable doing that job than going out into those deeper waters. Than getting rid of everything I knew. Than moving back home. To take a huge pay cut to become a children's pastor. I never could have imagined that I was going to be a children's pastor. I've told you before, that was never in my spectrum of things. Jesus was calling me to those deeper waters, but children's pastor I never would have imagined. And I was like that sermon. Like the story of Simon was, even though I, I wanted God to work in me, I just didn't want to go. I didn't want to change what I was comfortable with. But God pursued me. And I'm so glad that He did. Because in just the little time that I've been here, I realized that one of the biggest blessings that I could have ever had one of the biggest opportunities that I could have ever had was to get to work for the Lord and to teach children. Even though I once disliked kids, didn't want nothing to do with children. Thank you, brother. I'm glad somebody voted. I can still remember as a child my dad and I wanting to just be near my father and when he would be having conversations with whoever he was talking with and him saying, go play with the kids. Go play with the kids. I don't want to play with the kids. I want to just sit here and talk with you or just talk. I just never felt that way. But man, what an opportunity that I didn't even realize I was missing. I want nothing more than to teach our young people what it means to follow God and to blindly trust our Savior. Simon Peter was the rock, but he was carved and honed out every time he said, I guess if you want me to. 
And we are changed in the same manner. If we would just trust God's voice, we will be carved and honed out in the same way. In Jeremiah 29.11, we read, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace, not for evil, to give for you a future and a hope. And I don't know what boat you're in right now, but I pray that whatever boat you're in, that you would walk up to that boat and see that Jesus has plopped Himself right in the middle of it. I pray that if you are in your hurting marriage, struggling finances, having family issues, searching for a church, I pray that Jesus would plop Himself right in the middle of your boat right in the middle of your exhaustion, in the middle of your tiredest time, and say, follow me. Push me out into those deeper waters. Let's catch some fish. Let's go out into the deeper waters. You may feel anxious, feel like there's too many obstacles, but I still ask you to trust His plan. He already knows what lies ahead? He is leading, to you, leading you to what will be the best opportunity you've ever had. Even if it's not a huge miracle of prosperity. If it's not what you think it's going to be. As I said, I never thought that my biggest blessing would be teaching children at New Hope. But it has been. It truly has been wonderful. It's not about the fish. It's not about that giant blessing of prosperity that may come your way. It's not about the discovery itself. It's about the rediscovery of the Lord. It's that He is sitting in the boat with us and Jesus never promises that wherever we go, there's going to be a lot of fish to catch. He promised the disciples somewhat of the opposite of that. That life of following Him was going to be hard. That carrying His cross daily was going to get heavy. But the reward is well worth it. So is God calling you to deeper waters? Is He calling you to blindly trust Him in something? Something that's going on in your life right now? Maybe you're not being called to the ministry like I was, but maybe you're being called for something that you need to trust God with. Maybe God is calling you to a life with Him. Maybe you've never trusted God as your Savior. Maybe it's time you come to an altar of prayer and accept Him as your Savior. Or maybe you need to trust Him about something He is calling you to do in the church. I pray today that you realize Jesus is in the boat with you. And that He knows what the deeper waters hold for you. And His plans are for good. And the best opportunity you've ever had is right around the corner.
So let's take some time just for a moment and pray. As the prayer team or as the praise team comes back up, you can see I'm not a long preacher. I don't like to take a lot of your time. I like to get my point across <laughs> and be done. Because ultimately it's about what happens next. It's about what you choose to do. I want to give you the time to come up and pray about something maybe that God is asking you to blindly trust about. I want you to take a minute and think about something that maybe you need to come to an altar of prayer and pray to God, I'm going to put all those obstacles aside. Put all those impossibilities aside. You know, at one point in time, I'm sure he went to... I'm sure the thoughts that were going through Pastor Todd's head about starting a church, I bet they weren't all good. I bet he was sitting back thinking, this will never work. What is a few people on the deck of a house going to do? But he chose to blindly trust God. And each and every one of you sitting in here today can be thankful that you have a place to come and worship. That we have a pastor that loves us. A pastor that is willing to pray with each and every one of us at a moment's notice. And that we can all know that we're a little closer to God because He chose to blindly trust. I push you today, blindly trust what God is pointing out in your mind. There's something there. I can tell you that this week past, I wanted nothing more than to call up Pastor Luke and say, you're going to have to take it. I can't do this. My mind is not in the right spot. I'm not worthy to be in front of our church. But ultimately, I guess, if you want me to, Lord, I'm thankful that God gives me the ability to come up here. I'm thankful that I have a pastor that allows me to take his altar and his pulpit and speak once every now and again. Hopefully not for a while. <laughs> But I'm really thankful that I get to teach children and that I get to spend time with you all's kids and show them what blindly trusting and leading and following our Savior really means. And that means the world to me. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, I ask you today that you would speak to us through your Holy Spirit that you'd let us know that you're calling us into deeper waters. That though we may, be, we may be nervous, Lord God, that we would see a lot of problems and storms out in front of us, Lord. Lord, that you would show us that you're right here with us. You're right here in the boat with us. And that you know 
what lies ahead. And we just have to put our trust in you and know that you are God and your plans for us.